here this morning was born and bred in Benoni. Or maybe if you weren't born in Benoni, you were bred in Benoni. So how many? Okay. Okay, born and bred in Benoni or bred in Benoni. Okay, quite a few of us here today. I wasn't born or bred in Benoni, but I did move here when Daryl and I got married 20 years ago. And um, I love Benoni. I'm very passionate about Benoni. I think it's a proper city with proper people. Um, You know, no sermon here at Freedom is complete without the use of the word proper. But Daryl and I have got this joke. And I often say to him, if we're going to stay in the Gauteng province, it's going to be in Benoni. So I'll move to the border of Benoni but no further. And if it's outside Gauteng, we can chat about that. But if we're going to be in Gauteng province, it's going to be in Benoni. But there are a few things I noticed about Benoni when I moved here 20 years ago. There's a really big sporting community in Benoni. There are swimmers and cyclists and paddlers and runners. Lots of runners. Who here this morning is a runner? Oh, come on, runners. Come on. Put up your hands nice and high. Come on. Come on. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. So we've got quite a few. Look around. These are your people. These are your tribe. Look around. Oh, you see that. You see, Zena. So non-runners, I'm warning you, these guys like to try and convert us. So if you are a non-runner... Stay away from them. Or if you want to start running, then those are the people you need to to chat to. Anyone here doing the Johnson's Crane? No, I'm not putting my hand up because I'm doing it. Anyone here doing the Johnson's Crane Marathon? 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 Oh, there's a lady there. Put up your hand. No, not the marathon. Okay, two oceans. Ultra. No one? Comrades? Guys, I'm very disappointed. You're messing around with my notes now. (laughs) Hey, I thought at least there'd be a few of you. Okay, well, I was going to say, if you did put up your hands, those are the proper runners. Okay? And uh, I want to mention another proper runner this morning. Let's see if you can get this. So she's quite a famous lady runner, especially here in Benoni. Does anyone know who I'm talking about? Brilliant. Wonderful. I did have that in my notes that you would that you would get that one. We saw her running this morning. But she's a proper runner and I never realized how much of a proper runner she is until I started doing research. Do you know that Frith holds the woman's record for the Two Oceans Ultra and she holds the woman's record for the down run of the comrades? And that she achieved both of those results in the same year, nineteen eighty nine. So 30 years later, it's 30 years this year, that she's held on to those records. Well, we'll see the two oceans, but comrades, she's safe, because comrades is an uprun this year. But isn't that amazing? So next time you see her, please honor her. And then you're saying, how am I going to honor her? Well, you can do what my husband does. He hangs out the car door, (laughs) and he shouts at the top of his lungs. Champion Frith! (laughs) And she just gives a little wave. Extroverts. This is what they do. This is what they do. 
Yeah, we wanted, we did invite her to come, but she had a, a family commitment, so it would have been awesome to have her here. But so some of you are thinking, I thought I came to church. This sounds like a race briefing. No, some of you are literal runners here, so you run literally. But if you are a Christian here this morning, a Christ follower, a believer, the Bible speaks about us being runners in a race. And uh, maybe your head is spinning. Because last week, Daryl said to us, we must make a move. And today, I'm telling you, we're running in a race. And 2019's just started, and you're already feeling exhausted. But we're going to have a look at the book of Hebrews today. Just two verses from the book of Hebrews. Uh, Before you turn there, just a little bit of background on the book of Hebrews. The author is not identified. So we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. There is some debate. Some biblical scholars say it was definitely the Apostle Paul. Other biblical scholars say it definitely wasn't the Apostle Paul. Some say it could have been Barnabas or Luke or Stephen, but we really don't know and it really doesn't matter because God knows who wrote the book of Hebrews and whoever wrote it was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it. One of the main themes of the book of Hebrews is that Christ is superior. He is superior to any person, to any religious practice, or any tradition. And so I think the fact that the author is anonymous illustrates the point that Christ is supreme. It was likely written to Jewish Christians. So that would be the Jews for Jesus of the day. And they had started drifting. Some of them had started drifting back to Judaism. Remember that as Jews, they would have had very strong ties to Old Testament prophets, to angels, Moses, Joshua, Aaron, and some of the other Old Testament saints. And the rituals and the traditions and the ceremonies of Judaism were deeply ingrained in them. And the writer is saying, Jesus is better than any beliefs or practices of Judaism. Why would you want to go back when you have someone greater, much greater? Some of these Hebrews were victims of social persecution. Uh, Some of them were in jail. Uh, None of them had been asked to or, or died for Jesus yet, but it was becoming more and more difficult for them to live for Jesus. And so with that background in mind, let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2. It will be on the board. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So these Jewish Christians were likened to runners in a race, and the writer of Hebrews is coaching them 
on how to run this spiritual race. And it was relevant then, and it is relevant now. In verse 1, he speaks about this cloud of witnesses. And to understand that, we have to go to chapter 11. And there's a long list of Old Testament saints in chapter 11. And these were men and women who accomplished great things by great faith. They ran their race of faith and they endured And the writer is encouraging these Hebrews and motivating them to do the same. And he's also doing that for us today. And more so for us. Because these saints that were mentioned in chapter 11 had only heard that the promised Messiah was coming to earth. We are living in the days after that promise was fulfilled. The text says, throw off everything that hinders throw off everything that hinders. This is like a bit of a race briefing for before and during the race. These Jewish Christians had ways and beliefs and practices that they needed to leave behind if they wanted to run their race well. And I just wonder for us today, what is hindering you? What is hindering you from running your race of faith well? What is causing you to drift? What is pulling you away from Jesus? As a runner, runners will know an injury is detrimental. It will stop you from running well. And I just think, what injuries are preventing you and me from running well? Is it an emotional injury? Perhaps it's thoughts or beliefs which are not biblical. Things that we're doing that are keeping us stuck. Maybe it's disappointments, or a crisis, or an illness, or pain, or a recent diagnosis. What is, what is stopping us from progressing? Maybe you're running with a heavy burden, and it's weighing you down, and you're tired. And I don't know what it is. It could be unforgiveness, or guilt, or regret. Maybe you, you feel the need to compete with others, to, to prove yourself. Maybe you're sitting here today and you feel, I need to earn my salvation. You know that it's a free gift, but you've got this weight that you carry in feeling you need to earn your salvation. What do we need to throw off this morning in order to run our race well? And we're going to have some some time at the end of the message just to pray around that a little bit. But if we carry on reading, and the sin that so easily entangles... Some of these Jewish Christians were not putting their complete trust and confidence in Jesus. They weren't all in. They weren't fully committed or fully committed to following Jesus. And we know that when you're not committed, you are more likely to compromise, and that leads to sin. And sin, in turn, trips us up, and it entangles us. And it's like running slap-bang into a spider's web, and you get stuck or running next to the homestead dam and you get fishing gut tangled around your feet because now you can fish there. So, And that stops us from, from running well. And let us run with perseverance the race. Friends, this race that we're in is not a 5K park run. Why does the writer say to us, with perseverance? Because we're going to need perseverance for this race of faith. It's more like a marathon or an ultra-marathon. For those of us who are not runners, a marathon is 42 kilometers. An ultra-marathon is anything longer than that, longer distances. It says perseverance, and this, this word perseverance is so rich. It means 
patience, passion, determination. It also means to endure. It means to keep going when the going is tough. In our modern world of hashtags, it would sound something like hashtag push through. Or I love this one, hashtag fuss bait. <laughs> That's what it's going to take. That is what it's going to take. This is what we're going to need if we are going to run this race of faith well. And so this message of perseverance was relevant then, but it's also relevant now. And maybe you don't want to hear it this morning that this race of faith is tough. There are some tests and some trials and some challenges and some difficulties. And there's some tough terrain that we're going to have to negotiate. I don't know what your race route was like in 2018. Maybe it was mostly flats for you. And there was a slight gradient here and there. But you were pretty much running the Irish blessing. The road was rising up to meet you. And the wind was at your back. And the sun was shining warm on your face. And if that was you... Bless you. (laughs) Bless you. I rejoice with you. But for others, maybe your route was mixed. It was a mixed route. There were some tough stages. There were some trials and temptations and challenges in work, in your marriage, in relationships, at varsity, in school. But it was manageable enough for you to, to navigate and get through. Maybe some of you felt like you drew the short straw for the race route in 2018. And it was tough, and it was challenging, and you were exhausted. And there were some steep inclines, and some treacherous terrain, and terrible conditions, and maybe you feel like that is still your reality. Maybe you had to face a serious illness. Maybe a family member did, or one of your friends. Maybe you've started 2019 like that. Some of you... Part of your race was depression last year. And you felt like you were in the longest, loneliest, darkest tunnel of your life. And maybe there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for you, but maybe you still feel like it's pretty dark and you're in the middle of it. Maybe you lost a loved one in 2018 and you thought you had a lot more time to run together and you didn't know that their race was going to come to an end In 2018, maybe you are facing the real possibility of losing a loved one now in 2019. Maybe your relationship with God was average and you decided, I'm going to go deeper. And so you intentionally stopped doing some things and you started doing other things. But the going is rough and you have trials and disappointments and challenges like you've never had before in your life. And you're looking back you're looking back at your old way of life and you're thinking, man, it was better. That, that was good. I want to go back to that. Is this Christianity thing really worth it? Hebrews tells us, push through and persevere on the race marked out for us. Friends, we don't get to go to therace.com and click on race route and print out the race route. We don't get to see it beforehand to prepare. We can't do a recce. We can't drive around and say, okay, this is, this is going to be steep. I need to get my head around that. As Christians, we're all running this race of faith. We all want to get to the finish line. But we all get different routes, unique routes. 
and there are different challenges, and there are different stages. My race is different to Annika's race, is different to T-Bird's race, is different to Paul's race, is different to Richard's race. But you know, one of the most important things about this race of faith that we are running, we are not competing against one another. And we shouldn't be criticizing one another, and we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to one another. I'm not running Daryl's race of faith. I will die. I will fall down. <laughs> For those of you who know Daryl, his pace is fast. It's zero or 200 kilometers. He even sleeps fast. <laughs> He can go faster for longer. He has incredible capacity. So if I look at him and I say, I've got to run my race like that, I'm going to get weary. And I need to stop more often for longer. So comparing will demotivate me. It will hinder me. I need to run my race. I need to run the race that is set before me. So if we don't compare with one another, if we don't criticize one another, if we are not competing, what are we doing? What are we doing? We should be celebrating one another. We should be cheering one another on. We should be coming alongside one another. We should be comrades in the true sense of the word. And this word comrade has come to take on a very negative political connotation over time. But the origin of the word, it started out meaning friend. And in many countries around the world today, it still means friend or roommate or colleague or ally. And I love this. In Danish, it means mate or buddy. And we've often said that here. We're doing life with mates. We're doing church with mates. So as Christians, we need to demonstrate this in our race of faith. If someone falls down, we help them up. When we go through tough stages in our race of faith, we lean on one another. And this race is not exclusive. Anyone can enter this race of faith, but there is a qualifier. You have to believe and declare that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world, and surrender your life to him, and then you get a race entry. The great commission for us as Christians is to help people join this race and then to help them run it. And that's what this course is all about on the 9th of February. It's to help you, but it's to help you to help others because that is what we are called to do. The next verse is very important because it tells us where our focus should be. And we know that in all aspects of life, focus is very important. It says, fix our eyes on Jesus. If you're going to run this race of faith well, Jesus needs to be your focus, not your circumstances or trials or tests or hardships. And it doesn't mean that you deny them. It doesn't mean that you deny your, your tests and your trials. But that can't be our focus. We can't focus on others and how they're running and what race route they got that we wanted. We can celebrate with them. We can be inspired by them. We can help them. But our eyes need to be fixed on Jesus, and they need to stay fixed on Jesus. Why? Because it tells us Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. When it comes to faith, Jesus is the supreme example of faith. 
He trusted his father implicitly. He yielded to his father's will by coming to the earth and dying on the cross. There was a race route of eternal death that was marked out for all mankind after the fall. And Jesus ran that race route of eternal death so that you and I wouldn't have to run it. That will never be part of your route. Eternal death will never be part of your race route. And Jesus ran his race perfectly and obediently with endurance and perseverance. And that is why at the end of it on the cross, he could say, it is finished. It is finished. And Jesus stands waiting for us at the finish line. But he's also running with us. Every step of this race of faith that you are running, Jesus is with you. And you may not get to see your race route. But can I tell you, you get amazing race guides along the way. And two of the most important race guides that we get for this race of faith is God's Word, the Bible, and God's Spirit the Holy Spirit. And if you rely on them, you will run your race well because every step of the way, the Holy Spirit and God's Word will lead you, they will coach you, they will comfort you, and they will counsel you. The Holy Spirit is your helper in this race of faith. He defends you, He advises you, He is your constant, close companion. And God's people, his church, are also with us in this race of faith. But people will come and go in our race of faith. We will always have God's word and his spirit. Friends, I don't know about you, but I draw great comfort from that. Great comfort. Because I may not know what race route lies ahead of me, but I know that I'm not alone. What sustained Jesus when he ran his race of faith 2,000 years ago? We read about it, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There was a joy that was set before Jesus when he ran his race. And we get a glimpse of it in John 17 verse 4. Jesus is praying to the Father and he said, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. So part of the joy set before Jesus was to glorify the Father by being obedient to his will. Another part of the joy that was set before Jesus was you and me. We were part of the joy that was set before him and every other believer who will come to believe or who has believed. Ephesians 5 says that Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Friends, if you are sitting here this morning and you are a Christ follower, Why are you running your spiritual race? What joy is set before you? Do you know your why? It's important to know why. And one of my my main joys that is set before me is Jesus. He is the joy set before me. He is my prize. And I cannot wait to see him face to face one day. And just to be with him. And he is worth persevering for, he's worth enduring for. And I may not get asked to die for Jesus, but I want to live for him. And I want to do it really well. Another part of the joy that is set before me on my race of faith is that I know 
that the trials and the challenges that I face will be used for good. They will be used for good, and they will be used for his glory. He promises us that. I don't know. I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you're sitting there and you, you're running a race, but it's not the race of faith. You're running away from Jesus instead of towards him. And maybe this morning you want to just stop and you want to turn around and you want to run towards him. And that's what repentance means. Repentance means turn and return. Turn from evil and return to Christ. And the father is not standing with his arms folded, tapping his foot. The, the story in Luke 15 of the lost son or the prodigal son gives us a picture of what the father is doing. The father is waiting. The father is longing. The father is looking for you to return. He runs towards you with open arms. And if that's you this morning... I don't want to let this morning go by without giving you an opportunity. And I'm going to ask you in a moment, if that's you, to stand. And I want to tell you why I would like you to stand. Because it's very symbolic of you being at the starting line of the greatest race that you will ever run in all your life. It's the race of all race races. It's the ultra of all ultras. And it's not an easy race. It's a tough race. But it is exhilarating. And it is joyous. And it is the most rewarding race you will ever run. And you know what? You are guaranteed a win at the end of this race. And you are guaranteed a prize that will blow your mind. A prize beyond your imagination. And so the starting gun is going off for you this morning. And I pray you won't miss this opportunity. And so if you want to run towards Jesus, if you want to start this race of faith this morning, I want you to stand. Don't let this opportunity go by. Thank you. Those sitting around these people that are standing, I want the Holy Spirit to stir your heart this morning. To run with them. To run a stage or two of their race with them. Don't let them run alone. They will get lost. They will trip. They will fall. I want the Holy Spirit to stir in your hearts this morning. If you maybe go on the course with them, at least offer to go on the course with them. That's what we call to do, friends. We call to discipleship. Discipleship is running with, running with. And you know, you and I know what it's like. You get all fired up at the beginning, and you're all excited, and you're all energetic. But as you go, you need encouragement. You need to get reminded to keep your eyes on Jesus and persevere. And so, I want to pray with those who are standing. Let's close our eyes. Maybe you can pray these these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I've been running away from you. And today I turn and I run towards you. Forgive me, Lord. I surrender my life to you. 
I declare that you are the Lord of Lords. Help me run this race. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Maybe you're running, you're running the race of faith, but you quit. You were running, and you quit. You got tired, and it got hard, and you gave up, and you took your eyes off Jesus. And now you're on the sidelines, and you're despondent, and you're critical. And maybe fellow runners hurt you. But the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning, get back in the race. Get back in the race. Maybe you injured. You injured here this morning. And you want to trust the Holy Spirit for healing, whether it's spiritual or emotional or physical healing. You don't want to limp or crawl anymore. You want to run this race and you want to run it with perseverance. And if you cannot run it in your body, you want your spirit and your soul to be running. Maybe you're tired or you're weary. You've been carrying a heavy burden and today you want to get rid of that burden because you want to run this race well. In Psalms, it says that Jesus heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. We can cast our burdens on him because he will sustain us. So if that's you, if you were running and you quit, if you're injured and you want to you wanna get healed, or if you've been carrying a heavy burden, I want you to stand this morning and we're going to pray together. Those of you sitting around there, maybe you can just stretch out your hands to them if you feel comfortable. You can even stand around them. And let's trust in faith. We're going to help one another in 2019 to run this race of faith well. Jesus, you see every heart that is represented here this morning. Lord, you know the intimate details of the fight that they have been fighting. You know, Jesus. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would become real and tangible to them. That your word would become real and tangible to them, Jesus. That there would be people around them that could help them, that they could lean on, that they could run with. God, I pray that you would heal any physical or spiritual or emotional wounds, Lord. That you would take that burden that they have been carrying that has been so heavy, that has hindered them from running their race well. We stand against the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus, in the lives of these dear ones, Lord. I pray that they would fix their eyes on you, that they would fix their eyes on you, Jesus. Lord, it is my desire that we would get to the end of 2019, having run this part of our route well. May we be able to say, like Paul did, that we fought the good fight, that we finished the race, and that we kept the faith. In Jesus' name, amen.